Shabbayim, we're here again in the show of Lecha Dodi. We're going to speak today about the halachot of Tisha B'Av that's coming, and we need to go through them one by one and see what's mutar and what's asur. The Shulchan Aruch starts off in Siman Tuaf Kuf Nun Daled with the following words, Tisha B'Av Asur, Bir one is not allowed to wash on Tisha B'Av, Sicha is not allowed to rub ointments for pleasure on Tisha B'Av, He's not allowed ne'ila, ne'ilata sandal, which means leather shoes. Tashmisha mita v'asur likro b'Torah neviim uktuvim v'lishnot b'Mishnah u'v'midrash u'v'gemara b'alachot v'agadot, which means one is not allowed to learn Torah on Tisha because it says in the Torah, Pikudei Hashem yasharim mesamchei lev. The Torah, which is Pikudei Hashem, rejoices the heart. And therefore, on Tisha B'Av, since it's a sur, one doesn't learn Torah. That's besides the obvious tisurim of not eating or drinking, and we have to go through each one of them and understand them. You come to the question of rechitzah. Rechitzah, the Shulchan Aruch says that you're not allowed to wash any parts of the body. It's not a complete body only, also, but you're not allowed also any part of the body. So therefore, you're not allowed to wash any limbs of the body, even a small finger, whether you're using hot water or cold water, even though it's not necessarily for pleasure, one is not allowed, allowed to wash any parts of the body. And therefore, when one wakes up in the morning and he needs to wash netilatia dime, how would he do that? How would a person wash netilatia dime in a way that it would be mutar? So you need to know that many of the things actually are mutar because they're not necessarily rechitza shel ta'anug, which means if one wakes up in the morning and he wants to wash just to take off the tumah, that kind of rechitza is mutar to wash on, uh, on Tisha B'Av, because all you're doing is just washing off the tum'ah that's on the hands. Same thing would apply if one went to the bathroom, is allowed to wash his hands, because that's the way you're trying to take out the tum'ah and clean your hand after the bathroom. Same thing would be before tefillah, the halacha requires every person to wash his hands before he prays tefillah, and therefore, on Tisha B'Av, that would be allowed as well. This is how the Ucha Shulchan writes. This is how Kafa Chaim writes. And those halachot are permitted in, the, in such a way. But when you do it, the halacha is that you need to do it up to Kishrei Etzbeotav, which means up to the knuckles, the end of the fingers, where it connects to the hand itself. And therefore, one should wash only up to that part and not more than that. But... It says in the Ochot Rabenu, in the name of the Chazonish, that one doesn't have to be very, very precise, make sure that it's exactly here. Rather, he takes the Negevaser, he washes over. If it gets a little bit over, that is fine. You don't have to be medakdek exactly where the water goes, because that's not called Rechitzat Tanuk. Since you're washing it, then you're required to wash it for the things we mentioned when you wake up in the morning, when you come out of the bathroom and when you're ready to get to, to pray. So therefore, that's not called the Chitzah Shetanuk. Even if it gets a little bit over, it's not necessarily Davar Asur, it would be Mutar. So therefore, 
that would lead us also to other heterim that one can do when he needs to wash any part of the body. And that is what it says in the Shulchan Ruch in Siftet. If his hands or any other part of the body would be dirty, he's allowed to wash the dirt. Once you're washing the dirt off the body, or let's say it's on the hands, as the Shulchan Aruch is talking, you can't wash the whole hand. You have to wash off only that part that got dirty. Once you wash that off, you can't keep on washing those places. So this is something that one needs to be careful. And the reason it will be mutal to wash the dirt off as we explained before, and the Mishnah Bua brings here, the only rechitza that Chazal restricted is washing that brings you pleasure. But if it doesn't bring you pleasure in any way, rather just takes off the dirt, that's mutal. And therefore, nashim mutal. If a woman washes uh, the food that she needs to prepare, so let's say she has meat and she needs to wash it, or anything else that she needs to wash, that's fine, although the hands are getting wet. So that would be nafkamina, for instance, for a woman that wants a diaper, her kid, or she needs to wash her kid, and with that, the hands are also getting a little bit washed, that would be mutal. That's and this halakha would continue, that one can take that also... It's something that's on the hair that normally you would consider hair parts or the beard part also as part of the body and one is not allowed to wash normally. But if it got dirty, we're saying over here that it would be mutal. But again, when you wash, you have to wash just whatever's needed. If one has a headache, a very strong headache, and he needs to wash his face in order to let go of some of the pain so he can continue fasting, so then... The, the Gilon Marsha says that it's allowed, because again, it's not considered washing off Tanug, rather it's washing off Tzal. Now, if a person has a headache, that's definitely uh, requires it, or we should take a Tylenol at that moment in order to, for the headache to go away. And if the headache doesn't go away with all that, it could be that it would be exempt from the Tanit altogether, because it would have of Mitzrayel. Or if a person, so at the point that he needs to lie down, that's is a sick person. And once he feels that he needs to go and lie down. Shmuel Kamineski says that it's not that uh, measurement, it's not that shiur, rather, it's not like on Shabbat in Shin Kafred that over there. That's the deen of somebody who's considered cholesh and busakana. Rather, anybody that gets weaker than the regular, although he doesn't have to lie down, that's already good enough for him to go and uh, and, and uh, break the fast when he becomes so, with such a headache or with such weakness or anything like that. Like, for instance, dehydrated that becomes dangerous, person that starts throwing up or anything like that. Uh, katan. The, a, a little kid also should not wash on the tanit since it's not something that he must do. Magen Avraham says it's better that he should not wash. And the only thing that you'll you, you, you be able to wash a katan is he's under 
the age of chinuch, or that he got dirty, as we said before. If a kid can tolerate it, he's not obligated to, uh, to, to suffer on Tisha B'Av, but if he's not in a need to go and wash on Tisha B'Av, he doesn't need to take a bath, so it's better that he shouldn't wash on Tisha B'Av. If it's a hot day and he's very sweaty and it's hard for him, then you can put, it, put him in a bath. And therefore, uh, we said overall that one is allowed to wash uh, the food. How about doing dishes? So we need to know that cleaning dishes, we're saying that if it has food over there, in places that bugs could come, definitely would be without to wash. But overall, a person should not be wasting his day uh, with doing housework. And even ladies in the house should not do housework, as it's brought down in many, many sfarim, that all kind of housework should not be done, especially before chatzot. It's better even not to do it after chatzot, although there are some women that the Sfarim bring down from Italy and other places around the world that feel that after Chatzot, since the Mashiach is born, they're going out of their way to, to rub and clean the house very, very well. But the Poskim said that that's not a minhag that should be practiced, and one should avoid doing such work. But if one needs to do some things, he should leave it for after Chatzot. So therefore, if a woman needs to cook food, the Alachai Shulchan Aruch says, that one should not prepare the food before chatzot, before midday, which usually comes around 1 o'clock, rather afterwards. And that with an exception if she has to do a very large amount of food and she's not going to have the time. And what we call, so Arabim, let's say, cooking for a large amount of place, a, a, a place in the camp, some kind of uh, school, uh, places like that, that have large amount of people that you'll have to start beforehand, or if it's done as uh, as for a mitzvah, you're doing, you're cooking for people that are sick, for for a woman that gave birth, whatever it is for a mitzvah, then it would be mutal to prepare beforehand because that's considered not anymore preparing for yourself, rather for the mitzvah, and therefore such a thing would be mutal. But otherwise, just cooking should not be done before chatzot. It's better not to prepare anything even before, even after chatzot. Like, for instance, to do laundry is definitely uh, one shouldn't do because you, the, the issue of doing laundry is even before Tisha B'Av. Of can in Tisha B'Av itself. Also, for instance, folding the clothing and arranging them also should be avoided at that time because that takes, away per, uh, takes a person away from the Avelut. The issue of all that is because it's masiach dat min avelut. When a person is busy doing things, and and with that he takes his mind off the avelut, that is wrong. One should have his mind constantly on the avelut. And therefore the Yisur Melacha comes to tell us that you can't go to work on that day. Why not? Because when you go to work, you masiach dat min avelut. This is how the Shulchan Aruch brings down. Although it's, it depends on the minhag of the place that you live in. But the halacha is that today everybody's considered under that minhag of not doing melacha. This is how the poskim bring down. And therefore, since today it's considered nagu shelola asot melacha in any place, one shouldn't go to work on Tisha B'Av. If one must go to work, so he should do it after chatzot. There will be sometimes that one will be permitted to go to work, 
And that is, if for instance, it's Davar Ha'aved. If he's not going to go to work, he's going to lose his uh, thing that he needs to do. Or for instance, let's say he doesn't go to work, his boss is going to fire him, that's Davar Ha'aved. Or if a great deal came about and he has a great business deal to uh, opportunity, he doesn't want to lose it, he could have doing it because it's considered Davar Ha'aved. But otherwise, one should not do not only business or work, but any even minor thing, as long as it's not just, if it if it's, takes only a couple of seconds to do, that is fine. But if it takes time, it stretches that act that you're doing. Let's say you need to sew a button, things like that, that one shouldn't do normally, even before Tisha B'Av, as we explained, if it's a new thing, if it's an old thing, one could do it before Tisha B'Av. But on Tisha B'Av, since it takes time, that time that you're spending on it, your mind gets off. Tisha B'Av, of the Avelut, it's called Masiach Dat Min Avelut. One should be careful not to do that on Tisha B'Av, even after Chatzot. Unless, again, it's a very minor thing, it takes very, very quickly, then it's not considered Davar Masiach Dat Min Avelut, and that would be Mutar to do. When you do something that has to do with with, uh, Davar Aved, as we explained before, the Alakha says that one should not do it Befarhesia. Rather, you should do it privately. When you do it privately, people don't see it, it's a little bit better. But again, only when it's Davara Ved, when you must do it, and privately. It says in the Shuchan Aruch, in Seif Kaf Bet, that Mutar al Yadei Eno Yehudi Afilu Bebeto, which means even if you hold that it's a sur to do Melacha, like the Minhag is, but if you have a Goy doing it, it's mutar, then it's permitted. And it says in the Mishnah Bura, Achen Livnot Binyan Milta Asur which means once you do a melacha with a goy, it doesn't permit you to do anything you want. Only things that are not Avsha Milta, not everybody singing around. So if you see a goy doing construction in the house, fixing places, doing things publicly for the Jew. And everybody can see and tell that he's doing it for the Jew. That's considered Avshamilta, something that's very famous. People see it and it makes over here an impression that there's a goy that's working for a Jew. That also should be avoided and it should not be done even with a goy. But if the goy is not doing it in such a way that everybody's seeing it, it's more on the private side, then it's mutal to do it with a goy. There's no Isur doing melacha on Tisha Be'av with a goy. And it says in the Shulchan Aruch, that's a halakha in Shulchan Aruch. Normally such a thing would not come to the Shulchan Aruch. But the Shulchan Aruch tells us that if one did a melacha, he made a melacha on Tisha Be'av, he went to work, he profited from this, which means the blessing is not going to be on that money that he made, and he's going to lose the profit that he made over here. So therefore, one needs to think twice if he wants to do such a thing, even if he has to. So then he needs to do it only in a private way and after chatzot, if possible. If he can't even do it after chatzot, as an example we said before, he's not, he, his boss requires him to come on time, or then he might lose his job. That's considered a real davar aved one could go to work at that matter. But that takes us also again to the work around the house, that you need to be very careful of what you're doing. Not everything is allowed, even around the house. One needs to be 
careful. Another thing that we want to speak about, when we, we're learning over here, we said that the Shulchan Aruch mentions Rechitza, and then he mentions Sicha. What Sicha? Sicha means rubbing all kind of ointments on your body. Now, the only Sicha that's Asur is Sicha of something that brings you pleasure. So that means you take creams, hand creams, and you put it around your hand. That gives you some kind of good feeling, a place that you because they're not sicha shel ta'anug. Like for instance, if one needs to put creams, the ointments for all kind of rash that he has, something else that he needs to rub around his body, that's for medication or anything like that, that would be mutal. About if you have, uh, if a person doesn't smell good and he wants to put deodorant, that would also be mutal because it's not sicha shel ta'anug. It's just to take away the bad smell that, uh, that he has. Another thing that people need to be careful, that is the makeup on Tisha B'Av. Ladies should not put makeup on Tisha B'Av because when you put, for instance, lipstick, that's considered sicha, that's considered rubbing uh, something on your body. And Moshe Feinstein was posek that you're not allowed to do such a thing. One needs to be careful not to put any kind of body, although even sometimes it's without smearing it on the body. Like for instance, it's a powder, such a thing, and Moshe Feinstein says that it's not for Tisha B'Av. Other things that we need to know, that uh, we, although we said it's asur to put all kind of makeup on the body, but if we have a kalad that just got married within 30 days, over here we would allow her to put all kind of makeup in order that she should look good for her newly wed husband. And this is how the Kafachim brings down and the Mishnah Bura. Another thing that is permitted for every man and woman, and that is to put, besides the deodorant we spoke before, but to put also perfumes. Since the person on Tisha B'Av tends to sweat and doesn't smell good, and there's a problem with Kvoda Briot, it's a dignity of a person to look and smell representable, and therefore putting some kind of uh, perfume could be that that would be mutal. This is how it seems like from what Chazal only uh, Chazal only restricted sicha shel ta'anug. If it's not done for ta'anug, it's not done in order to smell good, rather to take away the bad smell, such a thing would be mutal, and with that we're coming to the next talacha of Neilat HaSandal. Neilat HaSandal, that's the next thing that the halacha in the beginning of Tafkuf Nundaled restricts, and that is wearing the shoes. When you wear shoes, that's problematic. You can't wear leather shoes on Tisha B'Av. So what should a person wear? One is allowed to wear shoes that are man-made, or any other uh, fabric except leather. What about something that leather look like? It looks exactly like leather. Should you be able to wear it? Well, logically, you are allowed to wear it. But what about the problem of maritime? People are seeing you wearing black, leather-looking shoes. They might think that you're wearing over here leather. Is that davar hamutar? So that is brought down also in the Sfarim, that it would be permitted... And the reason it's permitted, because such a thing we're considering 
that uh, there's no Isur of Marit Ayn. The reason for that is brought down in many Sfarim about other things that are common. Whenever you have something that's very common, you don't have to worry about Marit Ayn. Uh, for instance, it says like this, same idea in Divrei Malkiel and in uh, Betzela Chokhmah, that when you're eating something, let's say you're eating uh, meat, and you have something that looks like milk, let's say you have coffee with, um, you have a powder inside, now it looks like you're drinking coffee with milk, but since today it's very common to have those powders that are not the dairy, there's no issue anymore of maritain or such a thing. Maritain would apply only when you're doing something that really looks like you're doing issue, but since today it's common, so therefore people are not going to suspect you. This is how it's brought down in some poskim that say that over here would be the same halacha that one could wear such uh, such shoes. Shoes is uh, is uh, exception for ktanim, which means although you have a child and he doesn't have to do any of the restrictions of tisha be'av, he could eat, he could drink. We said that it's better not to wash him, but halachically would be allowed to wash him if he needs to wash. And all the other things that are restricted, restricted on Tisha B'Av also would be uplifted for Katan. But Neilata Sandal, it's better not to put him leather shoes. And the reason for that is because there's no difference for him if he wears leather shoes or non-leather shoes. And therefore such a thing would be mutar. Although Chacham of Adya in, in, in uh, Chazon of Adya brings opinions that today... The leather shoes are mutar even for a katan, because all Chazal only said that it's fine for the katan not to wear, that it, it, katan should not wear leather shoes. That was in their time when there was a big difference between the two today, that if a katan wears leather shoes or non-leather shoes, it would make a difference for him. Back then, it wouldn't make such so much of a difference for him. That's how he explains he brings some poskim that say like that. Therefore, he says that the katan could wear leather shoes, but most of the poskim would say that the katan should try not to wear those leather shoes. One should not get him such a thing, give him such a thing. Rather, it should be mechanech that you should wear the rubber shoes as well. When you have those leather shoes, sometimes they have a buckle that's made out of leather, and although the rest of the shoe is not leather, but since you have the buckle on top, you have to know, is it mutar or asur? So it depends. If it's just to hold the feet, just to close up the shoe, that would be davar mutar. But if it holds the feet, it's a, it's a large piece that holds the feet, it's not allowed anymore. If you have a design on the shoes that are made out of leather, design doesn't hold the shoe, it would be davar mutar. Some people think that the issue of wearing leather shoes also applies to belts, and that is wrong. It does not apply to belt, and one is allowed to wear those belts on Tisha B'Av and on Yom Kippurim as well. When we deal with the Isur of brushing teeth, we come to Shtifa, Rechitza. Rechitza also has a Isur of washing your teeth, brushing your teeth. Is that mutar? The Shulchan Aruch says that one is not allowed to wash his mouth on Tisha B'Av. Although in other Taniyot 
It says in the Shulchan Aruch in Taf Kuf Samech Zayin, Hasharui betanit yachol itom kdei revit uvilvat shiflot. When a person is in the tanit, he could put water in his mouth and spill it out. But on Tisha Be'av and Yom Kippurim, he should not do that. Now the Shulchan Aruch is really contradiction, contradicting it, himself because later on he says that Misha Darkol Yechot Spiv Beshacharit Betanit Sibur Lo Kasher Lemei A person should not wash his mouth at all in Tanit Sibur. So why in the beginning of the Halachai said that it's fine to use up to Revit in Tanit Sibur and spill it out? The answer to that, says Magen Avraham, and this is brought down in Chazon of Eliyar Ba'ataniot, right in the beginning he says that the Magen Avraham explains that it, up, to, up to a revit, it's fine to wash your mouth. You wash your mouth, you put your head downward so it doesn't come into the body, and you ma- wash your mouth and let go, and you rinse it and you let go. That is fine. So that's how the Chacham of Adiyah is posek. It depends if you're using revit. Or more than Revit. More than Revit, you're not allowed to do. Revit, you are allowed to do. But the Shulchan Aruch says that on Tisha B'Av, one needs to be uh, not allowed to do such a thing. And therefore, most of the uh, people would be machmir on Tisha B'Av, not to put any water in the mouth at all. And this is how the Mishnah Burais Posek also, he says that, Lo kasher badachi, and the only time you can allow such a thing is b'makom tzar, on a regular ta'anit, if a person has tzar, not washing his mouth, he's allowed to, uh, to wash his mouth. B'makom tzar, yesh la'atir, chitzat pe b'mayim, b'chol ta'anit sibur. Akshi zahir, when you do that, you have, again, to lean forward uh, in order that the, the water is not going to get inside the mouth and inside the body. The only on Tisha B'Av it's most restricted. The Mishnah Bura says he, it has to be mutar only v'makom tzar. On Tisha B'Av it has to be betzar gadol, a very have very strong suffering, which means not suffering, but a person that really suffers without washing his mouth. And Yom Kippurim, even should be machmir. Even if he suffers, if he doesn't wash his mouth, he should be machmir. And therefore, the Minchat Yitzchak brings down he doesn't want to walk around like that. So if he has tzar, we said again, only when he has a real tzar gadol. And with that also would for mouthwash, using mouthwash. That is true, is that? Some say because you're going to might, uh, might get inside your body, which is davar asur. And some say, like Moshe says in Masoud Moshe, that just like you're not allowed to wash any part of your body, part of that as well is brushing or washing your mouth. This is also body parts that are not allowed to be washed. And therefore, lemaseh, one should try to avoid brushing his mouth unless it's a tsar gadol. This is the next thing we're talking about. We said Asur Berchitza, Sicha, Nilata Sandal, Tashmisha Mitav, Asur Likro Batora, Nevi'im Vektuvim. All things are not allowed to learn on Tisha B'Av. You're not allowed to learn Torah, not allowed to learn Nevi'im, you're not allowed to learn Ketuvim, Mishnah, Gemara, Midrash, Alachot, Agadot. 
all that brings you happiness and one needs to make sure that he doesn't learn any of that because it's a sur on Tisha B'Av and the only things that will be mutar are those things that have tsar learning them, which means you learn gemarot that speak about avelut, like in Elu Megalchin, that those gemarot that speak about avelut or alachot of avelut, or the gemarot in Perak and Nezakin in Gitin that speak about the Chorban Abayit, or one that wants to learn the Midrash those things one is allowed to learn, because those bring a person tsar when he learns them, they're not actually under the that would be mutar to learn. How about reading Te'ilim? The, the majority of Peskim say you're not allowed to read Te'ilim on Tisha B'Av. Mishnah Bura brings that although there are places that the Minhag is to read Te'ilim, but in the city of Pozna he says that the Minhag is not so, and rather they would read the Te'ilim on the next day after Tisha B'Av, what they missed out on Tisha B'Av, which means some people have a certain seder, they read a certain amount of Tehillim every single day. There are others that do uh, every day, there's a group of people, they read a certain amount of Tehillim, they read a certain amount of Shira Shirim, whatever it is they took upon themselves. And they do it on a regular basis. On Tisha B'Av, one is, should not do such a thing, it says over here, and that's the way they did in Pozna. They would take whatever they were obligated to say on Tisha B'Av and say it the next day. Rabbi Yashif said that if you do such a thing and you're doing it for a sgula, every day you're reading a certain amount of Shira Shirim, sgula for getting married, somebody that does Tehillim, sgula for other things, all kinds of sgulot. Those sgulot should be put hold on Tisha B'Av, and the next day they should do and complete yesterday as well, which means they read twice, and the sgula will still be applicable, this will be still something that would come. And therefore, one needs to be careful with that, although Chacham Ovadia brought those that are mekel, like Leket Yosher, that says that one is allowed to read Tehillim on Tisha B'Av, and that this is how Chazon Ovadia, Chacham Ovadia is posek, but since majority of the poskim don't agree with that, like the Orletzion, Kafachaim, we saw the Mishnah Bura, and the Binyan Olam says that it's not a good minhag to read, to read Tehillim. And the reason for that is because the Tehillim has some mizmurim that are shirot v'tishbachot. They're not only bakashot. Some Tehillim are prayers. So prayers is not uh, sur on, on Tisha B'Av. But other Tehillim has in it a sin. Such a thing is not allowed on Tisha B'Av. Therefore, according to all that, really one should be careful not to read Tehillim on Tisha B'Av if possible. Another thing that people could do on Tisha B'Av, and that is read Divrei Musar. When you have Sfarim of Musar, if you want to learn in them, that is fine. Like, for instance, Mesilat Yasharim, and things like that. Since you're learning Musar, that would be Mutar. This is how it's brought down in Sfius Farim in Neve Shalom, in Ophraim Palaji. He said that it's Mutar to learn Musar. And Lemaise, is, uh, he says that Some wanted to say that it should be Asur to learn Musar. But since we have over here a lot of a scheme, like the Machzor Viteri, Gesher 
that say that for Avel even he's allowed to learn Musar, so therefore one could allow himself that as long as he's not learning it in a way that's going to be Mesameach Alev again, which means sometimes you can take that Musar and go in depth into it. So even Varim Amutarim, to learn, as it says in the Shulchan Aruch, all these things that we said, Mutar Limod Midrashecha, Elu Megalchin, Nilmod Perushecha, Perusheyov, all that as well. But even that, the Mishnah Bura writes, Hainu Sheilmad, Bepshutam Shim, not learn it, Bederch Pilpul, like he's learning Torah with questions and answering all kind of answers. One should not do that. Rather, you learn it exactly what it says, understand, and keep on going. You have, you could build up over here a good question and a good answer. This is not the correct time to do that. And when we're learning the, the, the Torah, the reason Machloket in the Poskim, we considered that in learning Torah, just, Chazal said, instead of learning those things, one should learn Dvarim HaMetzarim, Dvarim HaKashim, and therefore, they just told you the way, uh, how to learn and what to learn. Or do we say that Tisha B'Av is not a day that you're obligated to learn Torah altogether? And what Chazal said is that instead of sitting, doing nothing, this is okay to learn. But you're not even obligated to do that. So therefore, that would be a difference between if a person could go and lie down and rest, although he's not tired, he could sit down doing nothing. Or do we have say that he is obligated in learning Torah? And therefore, he's obligated to learn those things. If we say that it's a regular day, just like any other day of the year, that one is obligated to learn Torah, just Chazal told you, instead of learning what you regularly learn in the Gemara, come and learn it today in Varim HaMetzarim. That is something that one has to do, and he can't just sit doing nothing. But if we're saying that uh, one is not obligated, and Chazal only told you that instead of doing nothing, if you want to do something, you could learn that. So therefore, according to that, you're not going to be uh, necessary, uh, be obligated to learn uh, those things. But when you are not learning Torah, what are you supposed to do? If we're not going to say Tehilim, and we're not going to learn Torah, and we are not going to learn the Musar, so some people who pick up a newspaper, it's that Davar Mutar, to pick up a newspaper or books and read them on those days. So do we say that you're not allowed to read the books on those days? We have on that a machloket. Some say, like for instance, take a look at Oshmuk He says that, of course, it's not allowed to open up a newspaper on Tisha B'Av because it's asur because those things are masiach dat min avelut. Just like you're not allowed to do any other thing that would take your mind off the avelut of Tisha B'Av, you're not allowed on the same token to do that as well, that you'll take a newspaper and you start going through it and, uh, and, and enjoying it and, and, and getting your mind off the avelut. That is Davar Asur, and, and what he says, it's Varim Amistabrim. But in Chazon of Adya, he doesn't write like that. He says that, Likro Chadashot Mitoch Iton Yomi, Radio, once who wants to open up the radio and hear the news, Nirash Mutar, he says that it's allowed. So if one, for instance, picks up his phone, he wants to look at news, he has news over there, that would be according to Chacham of Mutar. And although the Marsha says that one should be Machmir for the reason we explained before, that it's Masiach Da'at Minavelut, 
but many of the poskim not don't say like the marsha rather they say that the issue of the of uh, of doing whatever it is restricted is because it's masameach lev. You're not allowed to learn Torah because it's masameach lev. So therefore, if you open up something that's not masameach lev, you open up a book that's gonna uh, that's gonna, and you're going to read over there history, biology. That's not masameach lev. You want to open up the newspaper or or open the radio and listen to the news. That's not masameach lev. According to Chacham Ovadia, those puskim would hold that it's davar mutar. Rashi says, for instance, you're not allowed to walk outside for a tiul, just to walk by and enjoy the day. Because how could you be Mekel Rosh on Tisha B'Av? How could you have a light head on Tisha B'Av? Tisha B'Av is a serious day. Why don't you sit down, think about what happened, learn about what happened. So according to that comes out again that according to Rashi, once for the same token, we're not allowed also to open up some books and start reading about what happened uh what happens in the world where that is not something that has to do with Tisha B'Av therefore it seems like even that one should try to be restricted unless he wants to rely on Chacham Ovadia and then he uh then he permits it how about when you see your friend when you see your friend the Alakha says you're not allowed to say shalom. You're not allowed to say hello to your friend. Shalom. And she'elat shalom lechavero betisha be'av. On tisha be'av, one is not allowed to say shalom to his friend. When you see your friend on the road, you don't say shalom. And if he didn't know and he told you shalom, so you can answer him besafa raka, or rafa, which means in the seriousness, you answer him, but not with a happy smile that you saw him. And... That is something that not necessarily would apply of saying hello, because some of the poskim would say that that shalom and hello are two different things. And for instance, the Shulchan Aruch, the Mishnah Bura brings down that one should not say also tzafra tava, a good morning. You're not allowed to say good morning, but good morning is a sur. Could be that saying goodbye would be mutar. This is how. It's brought down in Rav Shomo Zaman. This is how it's brought down in Rav Shomo Kaminetsky to say goodbye, not necessarily that it's Davar Asur. Could be that this will be Davar Hamutar. And how about when you see a friend, usually you either say hello or you nod in your head as you're saying hello. That is Davar Hamutar. This is how it seems like it says in the Ritva that brings that lamadnu ki avel mutar lishchot betoch zayin kederch sheshochin notnim shalom avel lo alenu in the time of avelut is allowed to nod his head as to say hello to his friend and that is uh, mutar because this is not considered like saying shalom it's it's expressing hello but it's not saying shalom therefore such a thing would be mutar if you take a look at Salmat Chaim he doesn't permit such a thing says that this should be asur. On Tisha B'Av, one is allowed to say, Mazal Tov. You see your friend, he tells you, I had a baby boy. You're allowed to say, Mazal Tov to your friend. Mazal Tov is a bracha. Saying a bracha is mutar, although there are those that want to say that even saying Mazal Tov should be restricted or should be avoided, rather. Not restricted, avoided. When we're saying that you're allowed to say, Good night or good morning. The Mishnah 
to say you're not allowed to say good morning. But if you take a look at the Ve'er Moshe and Betzel Chokma, they bring and if they bring all a lot of proofs. But the Ve'er Moshe brings a lot of proof that one is allowed to say good morning on Tisha B'Av and good night, and he's allowed to say hello when he sees your friend. The only thing that's asu is shalom. But we said already the Mishnah Bura was posek that saying good morning, tzafrat should be avoided. Whenever you see your friend, you could and you're allowed and you should ask him how he's doing on the Tanit. Some people are having a hard time on the Tanit fasting. You should be concerned about your friend. That's not something that's a Sue finding out. You're not allowed to say uh, Shalom, but you're telling him how's your Tanit is going. That is fine. And you're allowed to give him a bracha, telling him that he should live a long life and he should be uh, well. Those things are permitted. You're allowed on Tisha B'Av to go visit somebody who's sick, and maybe it's the right time to visit somebody who's sick and to show him that you're concerned about him. This is a summary of, uh, of saying shalom to your friend. Now, there's another thing that we need to talk about, and that is sitting down. When, uh, when we said that on Tisha B'Av they are restricted, some of the things are restricted from Chazal, and some are min hagim. So those things that we spoke about before, most of them were Chazal restrictions, which means when, it said, uh, when we said in the halacha, in the first, very first halacha in Tafkuf Nundale, Dasur Berchitza, Sicha, Nilat Asandal, Tashmish Amita, Likro Batorah, this is things that assume Ikaradin. Then you have things that people are no heg to do, and this is, for instance, sitting on chairs. It says in the halacha, in Tafkuf Nuntet, one should not sit on a chair on Tisha B'Av until midday. By midday, he could sit on a chair, and rather he should sit on a chair to show that it's time of Nechama, because that's the time that the Bet HaMidrash started to get burnt, and we're showing Nechama that Hashem got, uh, got angry, and instead of taking his anger on Am Yisrael, he took and, and burned Etzim Vavanim, he burned the Bet HaMikdash. And therefore, on Chatzot, midday, one should sit on the chair. But beforehand, one should sit on the floor, and even small children should sit on the floor, because they have this din of chinuch up to the age about six, seven, they could be lenient. After that, there's a din of chinuch that children need to know that this is not what we do on Tisha B'Av. We don't sit on chairs. We sit on the, on the floor. Now, when you're sitting on the floor, the halacha says that you should have something in between you and the floor. Don't sit straight on the floor. This is how the Mekubalim bring down. It's, it's, uh, it's mentioned in the Sharet Shuva, Siman, Tafkuf Nuntet. And he says that although the Maril sat on the floor itself, nothing in between him and the floor, but according to Kabbalah, which means you put some kind of clothing that you don't wear between you and the floor. And this is how the minhag is not to sit straight on the floor. When you're sitting on the floor, how high could that be in order to permit such a thing? Ben Ishchai says that since the minhag is to sit on the floor, 
you could see it on something that is not a tefach high. Tefach is about 10 centimeters. So put something on the floor. You don't have to sit straight on the floor. You can put something that's not the size, the, the size of a hand, 10 centimeters, and no gavua tefach. That is the shiur that the Benishchai brings. But others say, like the Chazonish, that you can go up to three tefachim. As long as you don't have three tefachim, that is fine. Rav Zaman wrote that it's not really written openly in the halacha that it needs to be a certain height. Rather, as long as it's a low chair, that is davar mutar. So you don't have to go and start measuring your chairs, Rav Shomazaman says. Just make sure that it's much lower than a regular chair, that it's visible and it's showing, it's expressing that you're not sitting on a regular comfortable chair, rather somewhere very low. And many times you'll see that there are people that find in the shul a seat right by the, by, by the steps where they go into the hechal. Over there, it's very comfortable to sit because it's pretty high, although it's not a regular height where you normally sit. But it's pretty high, and it's comfortable to sit on such a thing. With that, davar mutar. So it's brought down in some of the sfarim. For instance, in Makor Chaim, he says that these steps are considered like regular floor, and therefore one that wants to sit on them, that's permitted, and it's fine. Especially if one is sick or old, or pregnant woman that can't sit, she's allowed to sit, or they're allowed to sit, on regular chairs, because we're not dealing over here that people should suffer when they sit on the floor. So somebody who's older, somebody who's sick, as we said now, or any other reason that it's not yeshiva of ta'anug. Everything is, again, coming back to ta'anug. It's not a yeshiva of ta'anug. Such a thing would be mutar. And therefore, for instance, if one is driving in a car, driving a car, you're allowed to sit on the chair in the car, to, to sit on your... Sit. Why is that? Because it's not Yeshiva Shel Tanuch. This is how Zaman Ovech says. This is how Shmuel Kominetsky says. This is how Chachavon Ovedia brings down. And again, whenever you're sitting down in such a place, since it's not Yeshiva Shel Tanuch, it will be mutar. And therefore, Avil Yashiv says that if you have to take the bus, you have to take the train. You don't have to stand. Do you have to stand? Maybe if you have a chance not to sit down, you could stand. So you stand in a bus or in a train, it's fine uh, if people, people stand up. So do you have to stand up or you could sit down? They say that you're allowed to sit down because, again, it's not Yeshiva Shel Tanug. And this is something that accepted also from Avchaim Kanievsky and from the Chazonish. Interesting halacha that on Tisha B'Av, when you're sitting on the floor, you see older person passing by, one doesn't need to stand up for them. Very interesting because normally it's a chiyuv deoraitas to stand up for a talmid chacham or for an older person that's over the age of 70. So now that you see him, why is it that you're not going to need to stand up for him? There's two opinions to explain that. The Levush says that the reason is because you tarud betzaro, which means a person he's, he, that is avel, as the Shulchan Aruch says over there in Yoreh De'ah, Shinayin Vav, he says that avel does not need to stand for an asi. So therefore, what would be the reason? Because he's tarud betzaro, says the Levush. He has constantly now tzar. So such a person, when he's tarud, is bothered 
with his pain doesn't need to stand. The other Sfarim, like the Shvut Yaakov, say that the reason is because it's not the only time that the Torah said that one needs to stand is Kimah Shel Hidur. You're standing up to honor the other places, the other person in a place that's honorable, which means it's a place that you could stand over here and show respect to the other person. That is something that's considered Kimah Shel Kavod. For instance, if a person would see a rabbi in the bathhouse, in the mikveh, and he's sitting down, he doesn't need to stand over there, because it's not a makom of kavod, you don't need to stand for such, uh, for, for, for when you see them coming in. And therefore, over here as well, since the avel in this time is not in a place that is honorable, it's makom kavod, it's time of kavod, he doesn't need to stand. So over here as well, on Tisha Be'av, we would say that, it's not makom of kavod. We can say also that it's not is tarud betzaro. We can argue on each reason, but lemaise the halacha would be that he doesn't have to stand up on tisha be'av. And this is how Rabbi Kiva Iger brings down that one doesn't need to stand up on tisha be'av. The Gilion Marsha brings that as well, and the Igot Moshe, and with the exception again that one doesn't need to uh, to to sit down on the floor if it becomes very hard for him. Like, for instance, if a woman is pregnant, if a woman is nursing, once once she's she feels that it's very hard, she doesn't have to sit on the floor. Now, remember that the halacha in the Shulchan Aruch, he brings down such words. That's how he ends up the halachot in Tafkuf Nundalet of Tisha Be'av, and he says that kol ha'ochel v'shoteh b'tisha Be'av eno ro'eh b'simchat Yerushalayim. One that eats or drinks on Tisha Be'av would not get to see the happiness, the re- to rejoice in Simchat Yerushalayim when Bet HaMikdash will be built and Yerushalayim would be again uh, uh, built up. V'chol ha'mitabel al Yerushalayim zocheh v'ro'eh b'simchat Be'av. Person that mourns over Yerushalayim, would see the happiness of Yerushalayim. One that eats or drinks wine and, and, and meat on the Sudam of Seket, which Hazal restricted at the time of the Sudam of Seket, that the Pasuk comes to say that the bones would be, the sins would be on their bones. And the Mishnah Bura adds over here that kol ha'ochel v'shoteh afilu meuberet o menika o shar anashim shem chalushim b'tiv'am u'mitztarim b'tanit im lo mishuchet be'emet. Really, in reality, a chole is patur. Anybody is considered chole, sick, is patur. We explained that doesn't have to be really sick with a fever and things like that, that that's definitely patur. But even somebody who's feeling that he has to lie down, he has a din of chole already. Some wanted to say, as we explained before, that even when you feel weaker than the regular, like for instance, Moshe said, that a person that goes to work is allowed to go to work, although he knows that it could be that at a certain point, you would not going to be able to feel regular anymore. You feel weaker than the regular because he went to work. And although he's going to feel that way, he could go to work. Once he feels that weak, more than the regular weakness that a person feels during a ta'anit, he's patu from the fasting, he can start eating. But that is a chole. What about meuberet u menika? Those are obligated to fast on tisha be'av. Unlike
other fasts. Other fasts that that are mentioned in the Katuv, many, many hold that they're not obligated to fast. Except, obviously, with the fast of Yom Kippur, that everybody has to fast. But on Tisha B'Av, it's more strict than the other fasts, and those would have to go ahead and fast on those days, unless they are exempt because either complications, or for instance, the Mu'beret, the pregnant lady, would feel weaker than the regular, she would have any reason that the doctor would say, for that reason, for you, it's not so advised to uh, fast, and then she would have to go and ask the rabbi and see if that that uh, that thing that he told her would apply over here. And if a woman feels that way, she would be able to eat on Tisha B'Av. How about Menika, a woman that is nursing her child? Normally, if she can find something else to give the child a, a formula or, or prepare bottles for him, and he would take it and would be... Uh, it would be satisfied with it, that is fine. But if she's only nursing and she can't replace that with something else for the day, then she's allowed to feed the baby and she's allowed to eat in order to be able to have that food for the baby. If a woman is afraid that she's going to lose her milk, a whole day of not nursing, maybe the milk would, uh, would get less. So therefore, the Chazonish said that this will, she would be allowed to eat on Tisha B'Av. Now, when they eat on Tisha B'Av, whoever eats on Tisha B'Av cannot eat regular food that he would eat on a regular day. He would put himself juice, coffee, and eat all kinds of good things. Rather, he needs to eat simple food, whatever's needed. If coffee is needed for the headache for that person, so that's one thing. But you can't just drink juice and drink and, and drink good things and eat uh, good food rather it needs to be simple keep everything simple and that's the way those that are permitted could eat unless again we having a woman that needs to feed the baby and simple food will not provide her the food needed so then she would be allowed to eat whatever she needs in order to give the baby now it's worth worthwhile to end up with what the mishnah bura ends up and says the Bet HaMikdash is worth at least one day in a year that one should mourn over and feel the pain and feel how terrible it is that we're still in Galut for so, so many years. And Be'ezat Hashem, we hope that next year already we'll be in Yerushalayim Abnuya. Bye-bye.